Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. A few things to take off the plate today. It is a city council week, so we'll touch on things on Thursday, and and we will uh, get into one thing that they are likely to decide on Thursday. Tuesday, a recorded edition today for those that are wondering where, uh, what happened to the, the to the Facebook Live. You you don't get to you don't get to ogle Scott Montesano today. Uh, have to do a recording for another one of our podcast partners. At the time, we usually do the the live edition. So uh, the traditional, and I think that's the way we can say it now. The traditional podcast form with it being recorded for everybody today. Uh, Plenty of things to get to, as we always do. I was going to talk about this a little later on, but but why not now? Uh, obviously, with the weather, it's it's a, uh, you, you say this jokingly, a January heat wave with the temperatures in the 30s and, and what have you. But my goodness, the ruts in the road. And uh, we were driving with the the family a couple of days ago, and we were driving on Fairfax. So Fairfax doesn't have the ruts. You get to some of these residential roads, though, and 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 you could very well flip a jeep <laughs> with some of these ruts. But we were on Fairfax, and my my wife, uh, the sun had gone down, so you can't see great. You can see, but you can't see great. Went right in. We went right into a pothole. I, I, I swear we were going to go nose first and and end up uh, in some sort of land before time scenario <laughs> with how deep that that pothole was. But uh, definitely the 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 suspensions and the shocks are are getting looked at. Everybody getting tossed around like the metal ball inside of a spray paint can. And there's not much that the city can do. Or any of these communities can do uh, uh, once it gets to be like this. Because, yeah, you can bring the plows and scrape a little bit. But really, you need to have it become slushy again. And while it has been warmer, it's not warm enough to really become slushy out there. The sun angle and all of that in January. So we have to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uncomfortable ride and I, I I went for a walk on Monday and I didn't slip or anything but I'm not going for another walk around my neighborhood for a while I can't believe these people that are out for walks because y- y- you can't get any traction wherever you are going uh speaking of traction uh there's not much traction as far as moving forward in the Lily Peters case uh, it's going to be a year coming up in April, the Lily Peters tragedy. And, of course, there is the the, the young man that uh, is the, I, I don't what do you what do you say? He, he, he did it, but it's going to be a matter of as to, to what he did uh, for that. But the Lily Peters case, and the case is, is not getting moved up. Remember that. The defense attorney, the Cohen Law Firm out of downtown Eau Claire, and, and do not have vitriol towards Michael Cohen and that law office. 
you can make all the jokes you want about defense attorneys, but they serve a very valuable purpose because people are innocent. People do have to have their rights protected. And no matter how guilty you may think somebody is or how guilty they really are, defense attorneys do serve a purpose. You, you, they serve a very valuable purpose. And that's very key for me to point that out there because your immediate thought here in a moment is how evil the Cohen Law Firm is. But remember that it came out a few months ago that the Cohen Law Firm wanted to delay the case. They, they wanted to push the trial date back because of their workload, that the next mutual opening in the court schedule, in Cohen's schedule, and in the Chippewa County Prosecutor's schedule all lined up to next August. That's when everybody is free at the same time. Think of trying to get everybody together for a, for a dinner and how difficult that is. Same thing applies here. Well, the Chippewa County prosecutors have spent the last couple of months formulating a case in which they say, well, we wanted this moved up quicker and there's statute in Wisconsin law that for, it, it's a victim's right. It's the family of the victim's right to have things moved along at a reasonable pace and word coming down yesterday that the sides got together again and they just could not hammer out another time. So the August hearings remain. So it'll be, it will have been a year and a half before we get movement publicly in the case. A year and a half. The last court visit was, of course, late this last summer in which these hearings were scheduled for next August. Disappointing, but again, it's understandable. Very disappointing because we, we, we want reconciliation. We want finality now. Now. But you got to wait. Horrendous for those closely tied into the whole situation because this just lingers out there. Think of, and I've never gone through anything like this, and hopefully very few of you have ever gone through anything like this. Even if you've had court situations, maybe small claims court, or uh, you've rented out a building and you're having a hard time getting rent or something like that, and imagine those cases just kind of lingering out there. This is a whole other thing. It's hard to truly finalize your grief on all sides and move ahead with your life until this thing is is over with. Because just whenever you would, in a moment, move forward, this is just kind of there. It's like a storm cloud off beyond the horizon. You can hear it. You can hear it coming. So you you, you don't want you, you can't move too far forward because you know you're gonna be walking right into the storm. Now, as I said, your first thought is to think Michael Cohen and the defense group is stalling, uh, and it could be gamesmanship from them. It could be. There could be an element of gamesmanship from them, but don't go down that hole. You can't prove anything, and all you're going to do is you're going to stick your head in that hole, and you can't pull your head back out. Don't go down that hole. Don't be stupid. 
because all you're doing is you're throwing it out there, all right? Uh, hearings in August, these hearings, now the next thing is that we all have to wait for is these hearings will handle the motion to move the case to juvenile court, which is what the defense wants to do. They want to move this to juvenile court. That will be a humongous decision, both in the limitations as to the punishment if found guilty of the young man, and also in how much we are able to know publicly. And if it goes to juvenile court, that's it. We don't hear anything. And a great local example is that story from, well, that not story like it's, a, like it's an Aesop's fable, but that case a few years ago, what, four or five years ago, where the girl, 12, 13 years old at a daycare center, ended up uh, accidentally killing a baby. It was accidental homicide, but killed the baby. Remember that whole story? Well, we don't hear anything. There's been little little trickles out here and there of various spots she may have been at and centers she may have been sent to, but that's it. So if it goes to juvenile court, we don't hear anything. Uh if this does stay in adult court, though, this would be the trial of the local century. You would think if this thing gets drawn out. Other high-profile incidents in recent years have gone relatively smoothly, very quick. Very, very quick. The under-the-influence drivers in the Girl Scout hit-and-run case pretty quick there's been some uh in in time since they have filed appeals and things of that nature but the initial all over uh the abduction of that teenager in barron county was a very quick case very quick already this is dragged this is going to drag on at least a year and a half and if you have this thing stay in adult court it's going to be a longer trial uh the the loken case the story of the of the, the county finances and what have you from, God, what, seven, eight years ago? That's likely the last time we had a highly visible, prolonged court case that was very visible in this area. Uh, speaking of it, we, we, we won't touch on it too much, but, boy, did you see that story last week? Uh, there was the guy in the area back in, what, 2018, 2019, murdered his neighbor, claimed, you know, he had claims of, you know, not being, you know, not being right in the head, mental situation, was not competent for trial, not innocent via insanity, just not competent for trial, so they sent him to a mental Instant, they sent him to a mental institution, you know, for lack of a better term. Sent him to a mental institution because not innocent, hasn't been proven innocent, but is not competent for trial. And now word coming out, you know, through anecdotal and, and, and incidental information and and what have you, that this 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 guy seemingly has been released from said medical mental institution. 
and uh, the and go, good for good for the good for the Eau Claire prosecutors. They're saying, hey, if he's been released, he should be. He's got to stand trial now. He's got to stand trial. And there's other issues. Who allowed him to be let go from that institution? And apparently he's still at some sort of a halfway house. But no judge ordered it, and it has to be a judge's order. I'm going to tell you right now, we talk about, for, for years we talked about the incompetency at the Department of Human Services in Eau Claire County and how they got away with, at, at, at maximum criminal stuff, but at minimum just incompetency. Somebody here was very incompetent, and somebody needs to lose a job over it and be called out for it. Good for Eau Claire and the local uh, prosecutors, you know, saying, hey, you know what, this person's got to come back here. they got to stand trial for this murder. And if they're not competent for the trial, who the hell released them? Get you thinking, though. There, there's, there's gonna be, there's gonna be groups that all come in support of the guy and what have you. You always have that. Uh, things are never simple. Uh, we won't touch on the Oakware School Board and their decisions from Monday night. Uh, nothing really juicy there. Uh, nothing really that's out of the ordinary either. They uh, did not vote to provide their verbal support for these various motions that this non-legally binding group wants and this basically this lobbyist group uh, for state education. Uh, one thing I find interesting in there, and it's very, it kind of gets your head turning, there's a, this, this group wanted the school board support in saying, we, we do not want governments to be able to influence the decisions of school boards. We don't want them to be able to influence and say, hey, you must do X, Y, Z. And the school board came back and said, no, we're not going to support that. And then you really start diving into the reasons as to why, if you read it, you know, which I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want that either. It, you know, we checks and balances. But one of the main reasons why a couple of the ultra liberal side of the school board voted against it was because and this is the, you know, the Stephanie Fars and the Erica Zurs said this. Basically, they want to have it so the government can influence the decisions of a of a of a school, because there's some schools that are kind of backwards. So you want to have the government be able to correct them. It's a read the story and all in all that. Uh, in the end, whether you like the rationale for why they voted the way they did on Monday, I don't have any problem with the actual decision. The work is a little messy, but the the decision I I stand by uh, with that. I'll stand by the decision. Still think the overall school board, the overall school district, is quite bloated uh, in the amount of administrative staff. That it has. Uh, can I say? Can I? Yeah, this isn't just a school board. It's a lot of people. There's another group in town that I'm working with, and I'm going to see somebody later today, and I'm going to call him out on this. Uh, there's so many people now that just claim that they that these organizations just keep ballooning themselves out. I'd rather have fewer employees making more money than more employees. And you know, people claim they don't have enough time to do things and what have you. People, you know. 
just it's just the the it's the industry I grew up in. You 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 wore five different hats and you didn't complain about it. You loved it. Now people barely want to wear the hat they're paid for, and they want to ask for five assistants to help them carry that one hat. But I I, I move on. Uh, thought this was interesting, and this this sparked some people's irritation online. And I've said it before. Hey, great job by WQOW Television with their uh, you know, we you ask we answer. Uh, I think that's perfect. I I am I am surprised EAU has not come up with something very similar to that because QOW covers a bunch of stories that then that they're what people want to know. And so yeah, and in today's day and age where it's it's a little harder to news sniff than it once was. You you don't have reporters right there at the police station anymore like you used to up until maybe 20 years ago. And it's not that news reporters are are lazy or anything like that. You really can't, just can't hang around the police department anymore. You can't you're not going to have people embedded like you used to. But use the public as your news sniffers and bring stuff up. So they have all this. And and the uh, person asked a great question, and it led to this. Uh, WQOW did a story mentioning how local hotels are not required to rent to locals. Now, there are some communities that do require that. You cannot be turned away because you're you're from the area. If you, want to st- if you're, if you live in Town X and you want to, for a night or two, spend the night in a hotel in that same town, that hotel cannot deny you just because you live in that town. Oakler does not have that ordinance, and no, neither do any of the other surrounding areas in our community. So QOW did a story mentioning how local hotels aren't required to rent to locals, and a couple of hotels in the area admitted they turn away locals. And no doubt the person that asked this question and wanted QOW to cover it has been turned away before. But a couple of hotels admitted they don't do it. And I'll tell you right now, it makes absolute sense. Now, the majority of hotels in the area are going to sell a room to you. I haven't heard of the Metropolis Resort, for instance, saying no because they want that staycation. They 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 used to heavily advertise that when they first opened up 15 years ago. Uh, you've got some others that I think will take that. I know the Lismore downtown has not turned away locals. I know some locals that have spent a night at the Lismore after a night downtown. Uh, they want a romantic evening, and you and I can assume what romantic evening means. But there are some hotels that will say no uh, to people, and it makes absolute sense. And take a step back before you get all rabble, rabble, rabble and, and wonder in some nice hotels and some dumpy hotels. It's all the same. I'll tell you why it makes absolute sense. We once had a guest on a banker with a beer a couple of years ago, and the woman operates, uh, is the overseer of one of the hotels in Chippewa Falls. And it's a it's a brand name hotel in Chippewa Falls. And she said they do not at the time they did not deny locals. But their problems at their hotel almost always stemmed from locals staying at their hotel. Locals tend to have a much higher rate 
of damaging rooms and creating a ruckus. And you can, what you're assuming the reasons why are typically the reasons why. Now, you can have some more nefarious characters and, and all that. Yeah, that, that always exists and people are at the hotel that maybe shouldn't be at the hotel. But many times, the issue is it's just a family having a party. Or the, uh, the family has had a big party where, not even just in their room, they've moved the party from somewhere else to the room. It's the after party is at the room or something like that. And people don't want to damage their own place, of course, so they're damaging the hotel. A lot of drinking going on, very messy, beds are overturned. Stuff you wouldn't do in your own home, you're doing at the hotel. And it, even if it does not cause permanent damage to the room, it takes a very long time to clean. It's very disrespectful. And I can see why hotels go, it's not worth it for me. It's not worth it. A place like Metropolis is going to go, yeah, first off, they, it's not, not just you go and tear up a room at the Metropolis, but they're going to take the risk a little more because of what they are. They are a more resort. Even a place like, say, the Lismore, which tends to want to have its feeling of being a little more higher class, will take that. But insert any type of roadside chain. I'm not, I'm not even talking about the places that you enter from the outside, all right? I'm talking about any type of typical budget motel, chain budget motel that's 100 bucks a night now or 120 bucks a night or maybe 80 on a good night. For them, it's, it's, it might not be worth it. Hey, why, why, why are you staying here? You know, we've had a lot of problems. I can see them saying that. And if somebody's out there going, well, where am I going to stay if I lose power or you know, or my basement floods and we need a spot to stay for a couple of days, you're going to have some spots to stay. It might not be the your first choice. It's the old uh, attitude that, yeah, some people ruined it for the rest of us. Couldn't believe the amount of vitriol that came out. You know, rabble, rabble, people all mad about that. And then, uh, again, as I said, City Council Week, uh, we'll touch on some things on Thursday if necessary, uh, but they're likely to be voting on that no-mo-may measure we discussed in December. Uh, fully expected to pass. Should not be an issue. Remember, this is the initiative where it's going to be entirely voluntary, but encourage the community to not mow in the month of May. You know, not mow various properties in the month of May so that the grass grows a little taller, so you get uh, some more shrubbery, you get all that. More areas for pollinators to land, namely bees. It's better for the environment, all that. And basically what has to happen for this to occur is that you waive the ordinance. Right now, if you have a, you know, your grass gets a little long, gets a little shaggy, doesn't look all that good, your neighbors can call you out on that because it does bring down the overall aesthetics of a neighborhood and the visual property value comes down. You have, you have a, 
you have your right as a homeowner, but there's also an agreement to be neighborly. And it's unneighborly to not keep a nice yard. This would waive that ordinance in the month of May. Uh, again, would not be mandatory. Uh, I think it's a good idea. I don't see anything wrong with it. It seems very uh, low effort. I have nothing wrong with this uh, at all. Uh, I like the idea. Again, volunteer program. I know what my plan will be. My plan will be to keep the wiffle ball field we have in our backyard pristine. But I'll likely go either the entire month of May without mowing or at most mow just once if we have lots of growth just to tidy up. There are times in May you never have to mow at all anyway. If we have a later spring and the thaw and all that, and then you have other years where you have to mow the middle of April. <laughs> and who who knows? But I see nothing wrong with it. I like the idea. And I can't see anybody getting too worked up over the over the idea. Uh, one other thing, uh, you know, a lady, uh, they, they, they were talking about housing in Eau Claire, and a, and a lady at the public comment period on Monday went, they were approving a, a housing development off 53 in the area, in the southeast, no, the southwestern quadrant of the city, apparently, on 53. So we're trying to see what they mean by that. Um, well, either way, uh, but she was talking about this lady who's a single mom has had a hard time finding housing, and she was speaking in favor of this development, saying the area needs more affordable housing, and she's very happy that this apartment complex is going to be offering up spots for about a thousand bucks. And I went, and I slapped my hand on the table when I saw that come through on Twitter, and I went, prime example again of. What's affordable to one is not affordable to another. Thousand bucks, I think, is, you know, that's pretty. That 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 be on the. I think that's fair. I think a thousand bucks is fair. But there's other people that again, yeah, you know, it's 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 not easy to pay a thousand bucks a month for for rent. It's not easy for a number of people. But you live lean for a few years, right out of college and 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 what have you, and. Maybe you got it, but a thousand bucks is pretty fair nowadays. It'd be nicer to have a few options, a little bit cheaper than that. But man, you know that's that's not bad. And and she had no problem with that. Single mother with a kid had no problem with that. Where 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 I do defend people is if if all you had was a bunch of apartment complexes that ever that the bill was always two grand before any type of utilities. Well, then yes. But you do have a number of spots in the area where you can get eight hundred to fifteen hundred dollars a month in rent, and maybe you have to live a little lean for a moment, and then you build up. You know, it's 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 funny. I leave you with this. I look at my bank account now. You a lot of you would laugh at it. You'd think it's it's not that high. To me, I think I'm rich, and it just slowly built up over the last five six years. Slowly built up. You watch what you watch what you're spending. You keep your own personal budget. You do that, I think it's smart. You, know, you slowly build things up. 
All right, that'll do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town. Back with you on Wednesday, and I uh, believe Wednesday will be a live edition. We'll have to wait and see, uh, depending on the other podcasts that we have. But on behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody. Here at Eau Claire Hometown Media, we're proud to have as one of our longest-serving partners the fine folks with Stokes, Proc, and Munt Funeral Chapel and the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Right here, Randy tells us why cremation has become so popular in our area, around 80% in Eau Claire County alone. Well, it takes a lot of stress off the family because, you know, if their parents come in and do that, uh, that's the ultimate gift they can give to their kids because so often people don't want to talk about this. When people prearrange and prepay, people like that. And it gives them financial security because that money is in an irrevocable trust. Nobody can touch it in, until the time of death. And then there's less of a financial burden on the kids. Because a lot of times their parents don't tell them what their asset situation is. You know, they keep that private.